The Natural Hat Trick with Luke Lipinski, Craig Morgan, and Jamie Eisner. Welcome to episode 239 of the Natural Hat Trick Podcast alongside Craig Morgan, the Natty Hattie, and Jamie Eisner. Apparently, McDavid is useless. I'm Luke Lipinski, and I do. Did you switch chairs with me? Yeah, I mean, McDavid, what are the Oilers, 3-1 and one without him? Yeah, they should trade him. For a second-pairing defenseman? Yeah. They could use a second-pairing defenseman. One for one? One for one. Excellent. They've already essentially replaced McDavid with uh, Kyler Yamamoto, so they're fine. Yeah, they're good. Yamamoto's been crazy good. <laughs> he has been he really up. good. No, he has. Um, all right, so that's it for today's show. We talked about Edmonton nicely. And oh, no, we have to talk about Toronto, too, and then we can be done. Oh, yeah, because no nicely? other podcasts do that. No, we just have to talk about them. They don't even talk about themselves nicely. I had a pleasant experience at a Starbucks in Toronto recently. There, that's something. There it is. Oh, okay. And uh, a good breakfast at the Sunset Grill. Not oh. that Sunset Grill. No. That's not the one that everybody sings about? No. Okay. No, that one's in Moab. Oh. Do you, do you think, in all seriousness, that as much as I want to hear about Craig's positive Toronto Starbucks. Yeah, no, we're all riveted. Uh, <laughs> they don't have a chance against the other two teams in that division, do they? I like, do, do you still want I mean, I know you're a Closet Leafs fan, but do you I'm want not. To, I, I'm well, doing that more, thing where I pick them later. to win because I want them to lose. That's called a tease um, in the industry, Luke. I I I still worry about Tampa. I, Tampa could win the they could end the regular season on a 30 game winning streak. I'd still but be if, worried about Tampa. But if they never lose another game again, that's they true. Have a good chance of winning the cup. And they did start this later in the season, so maybe John Cooper has convinced them they're only like 30 games into the regular season. So he, they're just going to blow right through the playoffs before they realize what happened. I, I do think Tampa's the best team. Yeah, I think I sent this to you guys last night. I think it was, was it Dmitry Filipovic that sent out this tweet that the Bruins are 13-4-2 in the in 2020, and the Lightning have still gained 11 points on them in the standings. Craig's raising his hand. I'd like to point out that the Florida Panthers are only two points behind Toronto, so Toronto could end up a wild card. Florida has a game in hand, too. Yeah. I mean, Florida's out of the playoffs right now. And more regulation wins. That, I think, would help Toronto if they end up playing Washington in the first round. Yeah. yeah. Toronto has the worst record of any Assuming Eastern Conference player. Washington yeah. wins the division, Luke. Yeah. Continue to downplay your own team. I, I'm not downplaying the Penguins. I just didn't think Washington would lose every game they played. Um, yeah, they're having a rough road trip, aren't they? Right. Yeah. It, they're going to have a tough run here. And, and I if, think Pittsburgh can, can win that division. As bad as Holtby has been this year, I don't really know that it's been his fault the last few games. They've just stopped scoring. No, it's it's weird. It's, you know, Ovechkin is really slumping. He's gone like, what, two games without a goal? So he's going to really need to pick this up soon. First round matchup for Toronto. Who would you want if you're the Maple Leafs? The Capitals, the Penguins, the Bruins, or the Lightning? Um, I would go... Washington. Yeah. I mean, if if you're talking about it starts right today, I'd go Washington, then Pittsburgh, then Tampa, then Boston. I still think Tampa's the best team, but it's just if you get up on them in the series, you know, (laughs) what are you you facing at that point? So, um, the Eastern Conference is going to be so good. Hooey! Because even some of those other teams that are just sort of sneaking in, like the Islanders or, I don't know, two good teams are going to miss. I'm starting to think it's going to be Florida and Philadelphia that miss. Well, good's a relative term, but yes. Decent teams. Yeah, I I can't can't imagine Columbus hangs on, but, I mean, they've they've done this so far. I still think Florida and Carolina should be those two wildcard teams, but... You know, Florida again. They look hot now. They're what three six and one in their last ten. So they just can't seem to find this consistency. They they are not as good as I thought they were going to be this year. Well, yeah, their blue line isn't as good as I thought. 
They don't defend well. Yeah, they don't defend well at all. The goaltending's been better. I mean, Bobrovsky, I don't know what happened in the first couple months of the year, but he's been better lately for the most part. Still hasn't Um, been great, but yeah. No, he still hasn't been a $10 million a year goaltender that you paid for, but they just have to defend better. I mean, I know that they have eight defensemen and they play two of them at forward, but they should probably defend better. So is that what Toronto's doing? They're just purposely losing so they don't have to face Tampa or Boston in the first round? Because I think, honestly, I think if Toronto stays in third, they're going to face Boston in the first round. I think it shows you, the difference between Toronto and then Tampa Bay and Boston shows you the value of having elite blue line. Yeah. That you can have all the great forwards up front that you want. Maybe Edmonton has showed us that over the years, but let's refreshing course here for Toronto. It doesn't matter how many elite forwards you have up front, even if it's more than just two players, if you are really bad on the blue line, you are going to struggle. Period. Speaking of uh, Tampa, before we get to uh, rating and reviewing the show, which you should do, and Jamie has two more reviews that he found. Really? Yes. yes. Jamie, will you take this uh, this moment and this platform to admit that you ordered the hit on Miko Rontanen last night for a number of reasons? Uh, no, I oh. mean, that's that's not possibly true, but because, you know, my fantasy hockey team is so much better than yours, I'm not worried about it. Oh, and also Colorado was going to win the division, and now they might miss I mean, the playoffs. I mean, no, they were not. They were going to win the division. They're, they're tied for first place in the division, aren't they? Or are they two they're, points back? They're not. They're two, one, they're point one point back. back. They're one okay. point back. Minus now their second best player, yes. For again, the year again, yeah. He that's yeah. But and, but I mean that's not injury pro when you get thrown out of the wall full speed. Well, no, I don't know what you're supposed to do there. Yeah, just you you're, could, a hu- you're a human being. I don't know what else you're supposed to do. You could yeah. I guess if he was an alien, he'd be yeah. better off. You could see it at before he hit the wall. Like that was one of those plays where you're like, there's just not enough room. I couldn't tell. I didn't know for sure if it was Rontanen, but whoever got tripped, I was like, that guy's done for the year. Yeah, that, that that's. <laughs> I'm not even a doctor. That's you hate yeah. to see that. Well, Although you just played one, I mean, uh, yeah. I thought you knew something about the skeletal structure of aliens to say yeah. that he'd be better off. If, I'm not a human doctor. Alien. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you're. Oh. More on that later. I've <laughs> said too much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of foreshadowing. The second half of the show is going to be amazing. That's also a team that I'm interested to see what they do with the deadline because they have to add. They had to add a piece anyway because they have the money to. I imagine they're going to add somebody now. They should add Hi, Miko Rottenen's collar. Chris Kreider's Chris Kreider. Yeah. yeah, I think that would make a ton of sense. Uh, so two more reviews. We Wait, got Chris Kreider or Miko Rottenen's collarbone? Well, if they can add Miko Rottenen's collarbone, then, like a new collarbone, then they should do that. I'd rather first. have but him than Kreider. In lieu of that, Are Chris you Kreider, capable of that surgery? No. I no. thought you were a How about an alien doctor. He's not an alien. But you could mm. give him something that would be... No, I, I durable. <laughs> much like the rest of life, I can just tell people what's wrong with them. I can't actually fix anything. Okay. You are good at that. Okay, so two more reviews here. This one's from Hylian Laxbro19. Uh, came to hear about the Coyotes, stayed because of the humor, insight, and interesting debates about underrated candy. Very true. Listening to the show is like being a fly on the wall of hockey writers and gives you an entertaining and interesting view of the NHL. So thank you for that. I like that review. Thank you. That's, and then yeah. one more review from Coyotes' number one fan. It starts off decent. <laughs> the only people in the world who talk about the Coyotes, so it's really my only option. Well, I mean, okay. this is a backhanded fair. compliment. Fair, hey, fair. <laughs> I appreciate uh, it. I appreciate the truth. Uh, that Luke guy seems to secretly be a huge Leaf fan. There's, there's the payoff hmm. of that foreshadowing. This is Kyle earlier. Dubas writing into the show. Other than that, this is one. Why oh, do you guys text often? No. Uh, other than that, this is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. I'm really only here for Craig, though. If he's not on the show, I don't listen. I respect his insight and often agree with him. Smart guy. <laughs> Thanks, well, honey. <laughs> I was going to say we, we know it's not your wife because she doesn't listen. So. Yeah. That's actually actually true. Yes, <laughs> or read my stories. Um, are we the only podcast that reads their own reviews on the show? I'm not sure. I mean, we're going to keep doing it because I want I want the ratings because I want people to be able to hear the show, especially for the playoffs. I want people outside this market to be able to hear yes. the show. Um, also, getting a really good insight into like what makes the show work. Me, Craig. 
Yeah. No. <laughs> Let's um Hey, well, I got one good review. Gilbert Anthony gave me a yeah, good review. Yeah, but that's just you. That's your alter ego. That's your some sort of fight club thing going on with Jamie. <laughs> Gilbert is everything Jamie wishes he was, so he's created him out of thin air. Um Tyler Tofoley to Vancouver. Neat. <laughs> that's why people tune in. <laughs> for Craig's there's that like, there's that classic Craig Morgan commentary. <laughs> what do you think of this? Vintage I mean, Morgan. It's, 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 it's fine. It's fine. That's kind of how I feel. It's fine. He's not having a great season. He, he's having a great week though. Okay. Yeah. Well, because he's going to Vancouver. At Attrick. I mean, last game. Well, if to Vancouver, the dude has really good luck with where he lives. That's right? true. Yeah. Yeah. He could have gone from. Well, I'm not going to insult two cities, so I'll just say Winnipeg to Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, if he plays every game outdoors now, he'll have a hat trick every day. Well, then he should have gone to Chicago. I was surprised that was the first outdoor hat trick. Was it really? Yeah, that's what they were saying. Wow. I didn't know that. Look at Jamie bringing stats that none of I us know. I brought, I brought something to the table this week. It took 239 episodes. It wasn't that's... show notes or drinks or donuts, but I brought something to the table this <laughs> that, week. That's why I've been numbering the episodes for four years, <laughs> so I could mark this exact moment. <laughs> Miles to yeah. <laughs> So far, this you is have the won. first one. <laughs> February eighteenth, twenty twenty. He contributed. I'll see you in episode four hundred seventy eight for your next one. Um, Vancouver's interesting to me. I guess I don't know. Five teams separated by two points in the Pacific as we record this. Yeah, same same old thing. I mean, unfortunately, the Coyotes have played more games than everybody. Yeah. At some point, this is going to even out. I think it happens at the end of this month. Actually. I'm, I'm pretty sure the NHL is not making them play more games than everyone else. Well, it would help probably if they did. Yeah, I mean, actually. Well, it hasn't so far. But. No, that's true. They don't have, like, the, the Coyotes don't really have a break coming up in their schedule. So I'm interested to see where a team like Nashville is going to make up four games on them. They do. Their March schedule is actually really favorable. And toward the end of this month, it gets favorable. So that that's when teams start to make up the games now. It's And it's not that many other than Nashville. Yeah, Nashville has four games, four games. in hand, which... Also tells you how condensed the predator schedule is going to be over the final stretch of the season, and that's going to be a tough on them. Yeah, I think that's the part nobody looks at, and obviously you'd rather have the games in hand because those could translate even if you just lose them all into four points. But it is going to be tougher in theory for Nashville in March than it is for the Coyotes just because of the the, gr- the grind of the schedule. After this week, the Coyotes obviously play a back to back in Dallas and St. Louis, a nasty back to back. Although St. Louis hasn't been playing that well, and they come home and play Saturday against Tampa Bay to end this run against really elite teams. Florida comes in, but the Coyotes have two days off before that. Then they have three days off before they play Buffalo at home. And then if you look at March, I think they have one back-to-back the entire month. It's it's really well-spaced. They, they finally are getting to a point in the schedule where they'll have significant rest in between games, and that obviously helps a team. This is the payoff for their schedule back in like November right. when they were playing three games in two nights somehow. Um, but they do need to, and it was Oliver Ekman Larson actually that brought this up the other day, they have this tendency after a break to start slow in that first game back. Mm. That, that cannot be a thing that happens in March. You because, would hope that they understand that in yeah. March. Yeah. Well, I think they understand it. I just don't know if they figured out how to solve it yet. The Predators have 10 games in 17 nights to yeah, end the season. That's nuts. That's, that's, their, that's their end of the regular season. So that's And that's going to be hard. I mean, you, yeah. you, you say, oh, we got all these games to make up a time. <laughs> It's, it's tough to have success in that kind of stretch. You're going to be tired. That's you're not going to be tired going into to, the postseason, too, yeah. if they make it. Yeah, three back-to-backs. <laughs> so in that final two and a half weeks of the season, they have three back-to-backs in ten games. It's an AHL schedule to close out the year. And look, that's the sort of thing Nashville could go on a run, and they may even carry that run over to the first round of the playoffs, but that's not a Stanley Cup team because they're going to be so beaten down mm-hmm. by the end of April. And they weren't a Stanley Cup team probably anyway. 
they've underachieved a lot this season, I would I would think. I mean, I don't know who a Stanley Cup team is in the Western Conference now, depending on how long Rontanen's out. It was interesting to, you know, with Nashville, uh, uh, Scott Burnside just did a piece for us on, you know, sort of people or, yeah, mostly people on the hot seat. And he looked at a lot of executives, some coaches and a couple players. And Ryan Johansson was one of those. And deep into that note, it was interesting to hear that David Poyle, uh, a GM we respect immensely on this show, who's done so much good work, they were at a point this season where they were teetering on the edge of, okay, do we make some major changes to this club? And Burnside mentioned Johansson as one of those guys that could be out the door. Yeah, He's, he's headed for a career low in points, but he'd still be an incredibly attractive piece for other teams. Uh, you know, not necessarily an elite number one center, but definitely a number one center and a guy who could really help a club. I think the, num- the sort of number one center that's not going to win you a cup, but you could, you feel like you could get by, you could win a cup with him as your number one center. Is that a fair way to yeah, put it? It's I mean, the weak link theory versus the strong link theory, right? You just, you build through depth and yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean that, but it's not what Nashville thought. You, well, yeah. <laughs> like, I, so if we, if, where is he going to be a number one center that was better built than the Predators from two years ago? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. At eight million dollars a year for five more years after the season, Coyotes. I mean, I would take them on the Coyotes, but at some point they're way over I the mean, cap. <laughs> but and also, what are you giving up at that point? Like, yeah, that's that's the question. What's the acquisition cost for a player like that? Uh, you mentioned St. Louis, though. Uh, we joked about this off the air. Were they just really, really good for exactly twelve months, and now they're done? I mean, they picked, I guess, a good stretch twelve months to do it because they got a Stanley Cup out of it. I, I don't really think they're done, but I've said this all along, and I actually think both you guys have said it too that doesn't look like a Stanley Cup team to me this year. No, I they won their cup a, last year, and it was legit. But it was, it was, but I still thought it was an anomaly. I don't think that they're an elite NHL team, and they sure aren't playing like it right now. They need to right the ship, or they could end up in third place in this division, the way things are going. They're uh, tied with Dallas right now, and Colorado, although they'll be without Miko Rantan, is only a point back. So this is, uh, this is the time for the Coyotes to catch them right on this road trip yeah. while they're still struggling. They've they've had a hard time. They're two six and two in their last ten. Yeah, five, five in a row. They've lost eight eight of ten. I think they've all been in Nashville too. Uh, well, and I mean, Bennington hasn't been good. Um, he's he's allowed three or more goals in all but one of his starts in the last month. Did you see that stat? This is somewhat off off topic. The stat on the Coyotes yesterday was the third time they've won a game where they scored less than three goals this season. So what they have thirty wins this season. Twenty seven of them have come when they've scored three or more goals. Uh, it's the three two league, as everyone says, right? Yeah, it's but the magic number, especially for the. I didn't realize it was that pronounced for the Coyotes. I think they're like three twenty and five now when they score two goals or less. Do you think Jordan Bennington's overworked? I think we're finding that out now because he came up. You know, you saw when he came up last season. I think he only yeah. played thirty two games last year, and maybe. And, and I mean, but Jake Allen's played well this year. I know. I know he was horrible last year. Better this year, year than he was last year. Yeah, but I mean, he played pretty well for the most part this year. I, I think that's part of it. I just think they're they're just goaltending is so fragile. I mean, we're I mean we're we'll get into Washington later, but sometimes this happens where guys have these stretches. Like, would any of us have questioned Braden Holtby prior to six months ago? No. And then, oh, you're a little, a little I, disappointed over you know, there. I'm, I'm working on a, a really, really deep dive into all of this, how goaltenders are managed and what we know about them, what we know about about their bodies, about the change in style and how it's impacting injuries, et cetera. There's, there's limited data out there right now, but there, uh, the people that are really studying this are, are asking a lot of interesting questions like, 
What do you need to get to the point where your your starting goalie has to play in those in that forty plus range? You you need to have two guys, you know, one play high forties, one play a little less than that. Where you need to give them days off after starts. Where you need to be looking not at shot attempts and these sorts of metrics, but how many times did this guy go down in a butterfly? Because that's the workload. How many times did he have to push back and forth across the crease? And also, as this works itself out. What are you doing with kids as you're training kids uh, to be become goaltenders? How many times are you making them go out down into the butterfly? Should they be on something like a pitch count as well? It's fascinating stuff to dive into. That's that is actually really interesting because you have to think it's it's probably heading towards that, right? Mm-hmm. Even if that's not it's, for it's five years or whatever. Count. It's yeah. a goalie pitch count of where they don't look at how many innings you're going; they're looking at how many pitches you're throwing. So we're going to end up back in the '80s where goalies are just doing the river dance to try and kick pucks away. Because I don't think so, but yeah. Uh, but also, by the way, just speaking of random goalie stats, do you know Jimmy Howard's lost eighteen straight starts? I know he was two twenty and two at one point. Wait, who does he play for? Detroit. Yeah, that's right. the forgotten team. Eighteen straight starts. Who do you trust? And twenty three of twenty four in the Central. That's so depressing. <laughs> that's, I mean, in the Central, yeah, it's Dallas, right? Dallas, yeah, yeah. I, yeah but I, I don't mean, even yeah. have to hesitate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, don't if watch Dallas play, I, I still think St. Louis and Colorado could get hot at the right time. Tarasenko could come back at the end of the year, right? And can come back at the end of the year, and at that point, anybody know, in the man. West is beatable. I it, think that I think that's why it's open. Anybody is beatable. I don't think Dallas is infallible. Dallas has gone on like multiple streaks this year where they can't they can't win a game to save their lives. I they can't score. I still think if, if <laughs> they still can't really. If you made me pick right now, sixty one goals this I year. No, I trust Dallas and Vegas the most of those in those two divisions. I don't trust anybody. Well, you shouldn't because all the top ten teams in the West are separated by nine points. Yeah. So yeah, because no, there's no yeah yeah the top teams that we we thought were elite a little while ago have fallen back yeah. a little yeah. bit. So everybody's really tightly packed now. We've I been mean, we're at a point where like Edmonton or Vegas could still finish with the best record in the in the Western Conference. Any of them yeah. could. The Coyotes could. Calgary could. Any of these teams. I mean, even Nashville technically maybe Nashville couldn't finish with the best record, but they with the four games in hand on some of these teams. I just know that we've been on the, the Coyotes pregame show kind of going through and, and not even looking at St. Louis, Dallas, or Colorado when we're assessing the playoff situation because you're like, those three teams are in because they're going to be the top three in the Central. Probably, but really any of these teams mathematically could miss the playoffs. They're not going to. Like Dallas and St. Louis and Colorado are all going to make it. But going back to if you want to give Jordan Bennington rest or not, you know, but St. Louis is six points up on the last wild card spot right now. They're not even a lock. So... It's it's interesting, but I don't see any of these teams beating Boston or Tampa or Toronto. Or, no, unless those teams beat the heck out of each other in the in the you know seven game series where they're just exhausted by the time they get to the final. Have That's the true. Wild and Blackhawks fallen below the line for you? Because I think they have for me. Not quite. Not the way this conference is going. It's just so hard to jump that many teams. I I have no faith in the Blackhawks. I just don't think they're that good a team. I think they're the team we've seen all season: up, down, yeah. up, down, up, down. They're just they're not that good. I'm not even going to say anything rude because you have the bell right there. And it just, I can't it, find it, the bell. It doesn't, the bell? Is it hiding? Thank you, Jamie. It doesn't seem organic. Minnesota, I can't decide what they are either. I also don't think they're very good, but you know, you, you're not out of it yet. You can't say that they're out of it yet with how tight this thing Here's, is right now. Yeah. Well, something, and they have games in hand. Yeah. Here's yeah, something nobody... And, yeah. and they're trying to. I mean, yeah. Brodine and uh, Dumba are both on the block, so... Something yeah. nobody's ever said on the show before. Let's talk about the Minnesota Wild for a second. Because they just fired their coach, too. They did. Right. They are... Oh, you know, timing when they were playing well. Yeah. yeah. 
that that one I don't know. That's that one didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I get selling off pieces for assets because you look in the mirror and you say well, even if we make the playoffs we're not going very far. I get that. But why would you fire your coach right now? You don't get anything in return. So, something I'd been thinking about for a while and <laughs> Billy Garrett. <laughs> just those were weird quotes. Yeah. They? Yes. I almost like something you've been thinking about I, for a while. I've been pondering this yeah, under I, a tree. I almost wonder if that's more of a look, we're blowing this thing up. Yes. We're going to fire you at the end of the year anyway. Why don't you just kind of like take Leave. some time off, get a head start? Like it's almost like a I'm look, finding another job. Yeah, like you're, you're going to find another job. We're not keeping you beyond this. We're completely blowing this thing up. They should almost doing it. like a favor. They should blow it up. But what are they going to do with those two big contracts? Make like a tree and get out. I feel like that's oh, what they said to okay. to Bruce Boudreau. But why wouldn't you get in the playoffs if you could and then fire him next in the off season? Don't fire him in well, the playoffs. Well, because I, I think they're realistic that they're not, not not likely to be a playoff team. And there's really no reason to push to be a playoff team when you. What are they going to do? Get swept? Like, what's the point? I don't. Well, what's been the point the last five years with Minnesota? They keep. Trying I know, to get which in. is why they have to blow it up because they tried and they didn't do. They but didn't you do still good. Have Suter and Parise under contract for five oh. more seasons after this. Good five luck. more seasons. I don't know. I have to. They are hoping for a compliance buyout or an accident. Re- wow, <laughs> multiple That's horrible. Jamie already put the hit on <laughs> an accident. Around, Jamie just took this show to new lows. So it's okay. They're and not on Colorado, so you don't have to do anything. Mm. Mm. I just, I, I feel like... Who could have foreseen those being bad deals when they were signed, except for everybody? <laughs> except for everybody. Quick update, Jamie. What do you think about Buffalo? Uh, I love how NHL.com is pretending like they're still in the playoff race, because I believe they led their story with, like, Buffalo's playoff chase goes through wherever the heck they're playing today. Detroit, because that's the only team they ever play. Well, they'll play. probably win that. I don't know. They lost they're not playing Detroit tonight, oh, but okay. I'm just saying. But they, they, would, they would win that game. They're, they're nine the points out of the playoffs. They're playing Ottawa? They're, they're playing they're Ottawa, so they're playing Detroit light. Okay. Hey, Ottawa won. Like Detroit yeah. heavy. I don't know. I don't know how we. I don't know how we do this. When it's a pit team is slightly better. They are a, a rich man's F- Detroit. Full calorie Detroit has wins over the Coyotes and the Stars recently. That's how did Ottawa beat nice. Dallas? I don't know. Um, Same way, like Jersey, like beat Washington, Tampa on back to back nights for no reason. Yeah, it happens, and then just disappeared. It happens. We play all these games. It happens. Like disappeared right into the wound care center in New Jersey. That was it. Yeah. Like, but Detroit <laughs> is testing the theory of like, well, at least bad teams are going to have to win some games because you play so many. And Detroit's like, nah, just keep beating Boston over and over again for some reason. Detroit does what Toronto can't do. Detroit has a minus one hundred and six goal differential. Give me twenty one oh. games to play. I watched. Okay, so the the Penguins Red Wings game on Sunday. I was watching a little bit of it, and then I had to get in my car and drive, I want to say, eight miles. Okay, Eminem. <laughs> so I, I wrote a rap song, which okay. I'll share with you. No. so Vomit on a sweater already. Okay. And those Please don't. Please don't. munchkins, no. something. Eight <laughs> miles, which took about, I don't know, seven minutes. The Penguins scored five goals. Like I left when it was one nothing Detroit, and I got to the other place to turn the game on, and it was 5-1 Pittsburgh. Detroit is, I don't remember seeing a team like them. They'll just give up six goals right now. They're literally the worst team I've seen in recent memory. I, like is that Colorado team a couple years back? This team was worse. way more talented this, this than their like the record this team was, is worse, and they're, they're yeah. on pace to be worse. The only two teams I I look at in recent memory that I I can think of being this bad were the fourteen fifteen Coyotes and Sabers, yes. and the Sabers were and Brittany Murphy and Eight Mile for that matter. Wow, yeah. another Eight Mile. Right? Maybe I should just I, rewatch I that movie. I still think this Red Wings thing's worse than those two teams. I think they are too, because here's the thing: Buffalo was clearly tanking, and the Coyotes made some moves to. Try to get McDavid too. Detroit has no reason to try and lose games or move. I mean, they're twenty points back of the next closest team. They should be trying to win out. Shouldn't shouldn't you have, like be guaranteed the number one pick if you finish that far below? Like we want Alex Lafreniere right now. Yeah. There should be tears. Well, yeah. they're gonna pick fourth, so it's okay. Yeah, they're not even like Chicago's gonna move up to one and. 
<laughs> yeah, who's going to have the first pick this so year? Chicago I guess... moved up. So, so somebody else, who's going to move up? The Kings? Well, no, which Canadian teams? I guess Ottawa. Although the, that never no, seems to work for no, like no, so, no, so when Toronto misses the playoffs. Montreal? Yeah. Well, Edmonton? Yeah. Oh, no, well, it's got to be... Uh, no, it's got to be Jersey, because Taylor Hall Hall Lafreniere will end up in Montreal, of course. Yeah, that's true. Craig's yeah. right. Montreal will get yeah, the first pick, because they haven't won in a while. Doesn't you know, Ottawa... Unless Toronto misses the playoffs. Speaking of Montreal, side, side note, uh, Jeff Petrie, really good right-handed defenseman. Some thought that he might be available, but... I heard from someone that they consider him a you know sort sort of a core piece that they want to keep for next year when they can quote contend when they're healthy. Oh, why not just do it this year? They've only lost four in a row and they're contend. ten points out. Do you see the Canadians contending next year when they're healthy? Wow, LOL. this is the strongest drink you've ever brought in, by the way. Is it? Yes, uh, it has nothing to do with it? it other than giving them my card. Are you spiking it with like whiskey? I, no, I think it's whiskey chai, straight syrup. Oh, it's does it have something other than chai in it? No, but it's you know how some they, they put like the chai mix with the milk and whatever. Mm-hmm. I think they just gave me chai mix with okay. ice. I like it. This All is going right. to be a really fun show. Um, <laughs> you know, Montreal is like the definition of a mediocre team in the Eastern Conference right now. And what's going to change by next year? I, I don't know. A, li- a little bit better health, but so what? They're, you're just not a very good team. Who in their division at the top of their division is getting worse? Florida should be yeah, getting better. You're not better. grabbing one of those top three spots, no, so you're a wild card enough. at best. And then what's your path? It's silly. Whatever your path is, though, you're hoping Jeff Petrie can guide you down it. Mm-hmm. Um, By the way, speaking of, like, we don't see these types of trades a ton, but the Devils have a legitimate shot at three first-round picks. Well, and Ottawa has two, right? Yeah. Doesn't Ottawa have two lottery picks? Yeah. So, like, that's interesting. Yeah. New Jersey has three first-round picks this year? They would, uh, depending on the Taylor Hall stuff and depending on if they're okay, not right, make the playoffs. Right. Okay. So they could legitimately have three first-round picks, and depending on how far those teams go, I mean, you're probably maybe talking, you know, they could pick fifth and have a couple picks in the 20s, but... They haven't done so well. No, no. With their uh, drafting. No. The, you, but, yeah, the but, guys but they if you're take like, first, you forget are in the league. Yeah. I don't know, but if you let's say you're, I mean, you're, let's say you're Detroiters. Let's say Detroit gets the number one pick in, in the you're, just world. You, Jamie's about to ask the exact question I was going to ask. Would you this is turn a weird down, moment. Would you turn down, let's say, the fifth pick and then two picks in the 20s for that number one pick? Oh, see, this is... Okay, I was going to Is, is go. Lafreniere that... I mean, it's, it's not McDavid. I think you're still dealing with a wing, so... A red wing? Yeah, yes. I was, uh, I was looking at this differently because I've heard this question posed a couple times. If Ottawa had the second and third picks, which is possible... Oh, this is, there are no Sedins to do this again. No, but if you were... Whoever has the first pick, would you trade it for two and three? And most answers I've heard are absolutely not. Lafreniere is that good. If I was Detroit, I'd do it. You give oh, me absolutely. two top three I, I, picks? I love Lafreniere. I don't think he's a generational talent. No. I think he's a damn good player, but I don't think he's a generational talent. So, yes, if you get two and three for that, by all means. I just I can't see Ottawa doing that. Well, what also, to Jack Hughes, by the way? That's the thing. They talk about Lafreniere this year as... Just don't don't send way. number one picks to New Jersey. Just stop it. Is, do we know he's going to be any better than Jack Hughes? I, I, and Jack Hughes I mean, is a rookie. Be, he, could have a, he could still have a great career and everything, right. but I'm just saying, like to Jamie's point, this is not Austin Matthews or Connor well, McDavid. And, and we fall in this trap across all sports about trying to compare all number one picks as if they're the same. Like, they're not. Like it just and things happen like this year with Jack Hughes and Capocacco, nobody thought they would be this poor playing in year one. Doesn't mean they're terrible players. Doesn't mean they'll never get it figured out. But 
I think sometimes people forget that there are different levels of number one picks in drafts that people always forget about. Typically, though, in the NHL since like 2000, if you're the number one overall pick, you tend to make an impact pretty good. There's like a couple examples. Usually, but there, but not there this are, year. But there are some players that don't. I mean, and it's not, look, we all make fun of Edmonton, and rightfully so, because, you know, Shirelli LOL. But like the Yakupov draft didn't have a clear number one. Did you but, say Shirelli LOL? Yeah. He's, his name should have to be spelled with like an the, LOL in the middle of it. Whoever, no matter what, who went with the Yakupov draft, that was going to be a lesser number one overall pick than the years around it. Same thing with the Eric Johnson draft. I mean, like these things happen. Now, Eric Johnson turned out to be at least a, a good NHL player for a long time. But off the top of my Yakupov, head, those but, are the only two number one picks I can think of in the last 15 years that didn't instantly make an impact. Well, I mean, what do you consider Nico Heath here? I His think he rookie year, though, he was fine. decent. Oh, yeah, he was better than Jack Hughes, but again, yeah. it's not a high bar to clear. Yeah. I just think if I'm Detroit, like Lafreniere should be the first pick, certainly, but Quentin Byfield's center. That's your second pick. Like if I if I'm Detroit specifically, I would make the trade for a two and a three. You got Byfield, you got Rossi, you've got a few other guys. I'm gonna ask, and I can't even remember this because I haven't uh, looked at it in a while. But is this considered a deep draft? I'm I'm preparing to dive back into this, but I have heard that it is. I've had some people tell me that, but I want to say I've had. A couple NHL executives tell me that. Yeah. But not that the top of the draft right. is yeah. amazing, yeah. just that it's deep. It's more like, the, those, yeah, more like the middle. Mind-blowing yeah. players at the top, yeah. Okay. Have we gotten to the point where 2015 has passed 2003 yet in terms of best draft mm. since like the 80s or something? I don't know. That's that's a good question. I mean, those are the two that come to mind, though. It's a really good draft, well, for, for most for most. And the Coyotes came out with a grand total of Dylan Strom. They got three players. Yeah, Dylan Strom. And... They come out of it with Nick Schmaltz and Lawson Krauss, basically. Yeah. Right? Well, well, they traded Merkley for Taylor Hall, so let's say they got Taylor of. Hall out of that although, draft. Although saying they traded Merkley for Taylor Hall is, is intellectually dishonest, but sure. That's the name of this show, intellectually dishonest. He scored, he scored the other night, Nick Merkley, by the way. He did. Nothing intellectually dishonest about that. Can I pull down the Buffalo Sabres schedule that for some reason I have opened up on my... Oh, yeah, I don't know why you did that. Um, Washington. Yes. Ovechkin, stuck at 698. They should trade him. Somebody sucks. What a loser. Uh, I think it was Todd Walsh that pointed this out to me last night before the game. He was like, yeah, I was reading an article about how Ovechkin, when he got to 598, kind of got stuck there for a little bit before he got to 600. And he's like, and then I looked, and the article was from 2018. (laughs) (laughs) So like a year, not even a year and a half ago. Yep. It's ridiculous what he has done. Um, You know, we saw him firsthand here over the weekend, and... I actually thought the Coyotes did as good of a job as I've seen anybody do defending him on the power play. Carl Soderberg made a couple plays where he actually just anticipated the pass that everybody in North America knows is coming, but for some reason teams don't anticipate it. And then at one point they had two guys on him in that left faceoff circle. But the thing is, Ovechka knows he's eventually getting the 700 goals, so he's not forcing it. He was just passing out of it at that point. And then you have a four on two. So that's why you can't defend it like that. Although it worked. 17 shot attempts. Yeah, even when he yeah. passes, he still gets shot attempts. Yeah, he'll, he'll be fine. I, I he definitely drift a little higher than some other people. Have you noticed that he's drifting a little higher to, to find himself space? Oh yeah, in that spot. on the power play, you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was it's weird watching it's nice him. When you have that bomb. Work, yeah. what, what, <laughs> yeah. he shot one that Ranta stopped, and you could hear it. Yeah, it, just the whole it's arena crazy. just went silent, and I'm like, well, Ranta's probably feeling great right now. <laughs> Uh, Ranta's 62 saves in the last two games on 64 shots. Oof, he's been really good. 
Now, he, he he did say last night, it was funny listening to him last night, and he's, he's such a self-critic. He, he really he, is. He really is hard on himself. But Especially if they're Ottawa game. How, how it wasn't pretty last night, too many splits, too many sitting downs, as he as he put them. So I, I just hyphenated that and made it a compound word, because that's what he said. <laughs> you don't want to do too many sitting downs. Not too many sitting downs. But he battled, and that's sometimes when you don't have your, your A game, that's what you have to do as a goaltender, and he sure as heck did it last night. Now, he got the help of some posts last night. New York just he can't did. score lately. They have yeah. no luck. Yeah, what do they have, one goal in their last three games, yeah, I think? You know. Yeah, I heard they're— uh, But Antiranta's really coming up big for the Coyotes right now, and they really needed wins here. They need to win games now. There's just no way around this anymore. There's— there's just not enough games left. The other teams are nipping at their heels with games in hand. They've got to put together a good run. And those other those other teams with games in hand, I mean, they don't they don't matter as long as you win. If you keep right. winning, then yeah, Nashville might win, but they're going to beat Calgary. Or they're going to beat like you'll get in if you keep winning. Sure, but it is so strange to see them. Not strange, I, I should say. This is, this is what they do: go out there and lose to Ottawa and then beat Washington two days later and beat the Islanders. The Islanders are a good team. Now, if you look at their last five games, they've beat Montreal, Washington, and the Islanders. They got as close as you can possibly get to beating Toronto. The one game they just they didn't show up for the first period, and it cost them was against Ottawa. So they have been playing better, mm-hmm. but they still like they still got to win. I mean, Nashville, yeah, yeah, Nashville right thing. now is on a ninety-two point pace. I, yeah, look, yes, I, I agree. They've been playing better, but you still got to get results at yeah. at some point. You know, again, and and we hear this from the players and coaches all the time. There's no moral victories. Well. There's no moral victories in a in a well played loss. You need to get points this time of year. That's that's what you'll be judged upon. Yeah, I mean, wh- what are we thinking now? Twenty four, twenty five points in the final twenty games. I think is the minimum that gets you to ninety two, ninety three. Like I think that's what ha- I think ninety three gets you in. Like right now, Nashville's on a ninety two point pace. Winnipeg's on eighty nine. Talking about just teams behind you. Yeah, Winnipeg doesn't worry me as much right now because you know you're three points back with only two games at hand. You're assuming that. Winnipeg's going to be able to get all those points. No, I, I would have, I mean, even at their pace, they're, they're not going to get yeah, there. Yeah, they're a 500 team. They'll win one, they'll lose one. They're so, the, but Nashville's they, are playing. Nashville's the one you're concerned because yeah, right now the Coyotes, well. you know, the Coyotes are on a 90 point pace right now. I don't think 90 doesn't. I'm with you, but 93 would get you in for sure. I think 93. Does. I just rewired the entire studio. Yeah, I was saying, I was talking. Was, nice. Nice studio. Um, I was wondering so, what the commotion was about. So we're talking like 12, seven, and one. Yeah, see, when you put Ish. it that way, I mean, I mean it, again, it looks, it, but you know. it sounds more overwhelming. You know, it's funny though when you, the value of the loser point here in this final quarter of the season, because even just looking back at last year, and, and I had forgotten the Coyotes had more wins than Colorado last year. Obviously, Colorado made the playoffs because they were able to get the loser point in a lot yeah. of those games. That the Coyotes just—if you're going to lose, you have to get to overtime, which is why that Ottawa game still stings. It's the only reason why Boston has a chance in the division, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> It's true. Uh, Connor Garland up to 20 goals. First mm. Coyote to do it in two years. I, I do want to officially say now, going back to a question we got earlier in the season, that yes, I do fully 100% believe Connor Garland can be a 20-goal scorer this year. <laughs> that. Look I want to be the that. first to say it. Can he be a 25-goal uh, scorer? <laughs> well, he's, it's got to be on that pace, well, right? People can yeah, see his probably. face right now. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's making the Izzy on that pace <laughs> face. You know, it's it's a nice number, right? And, and I, I asked him that pointedly last night after after the game does 20 mean something eh, not really uh, you know it, it's it's the expected response from a player then when the interview finished i said it means something at the table and he just laughed because <laughs> yeah. at some point he's going to be in contract negotiation so if he can replicate this next season he'll get a good payday he has scored he's so much fun to watch 
Is he is he your favorite coyote to watch? I think he's my favorite coyote to watch. I mean, Hall is still my favorite, but Garland's he's, right there. Yeah, Hall's so fast and so skilled, but Garland is just he's a unique player. Yeah, he just never stops moving. Well, and just knowing his path to the NHL, and you know, again, yeah, we've talked about this before. He, he's more productive in the NHL than he was in the AHL. Even he's yeah. on pace for twenty five. Like he's a twenty five per eighty two game goal scorer for his whole career so far, which is 108 games or whatever. So I'm going to say he can get 25 goals. Jamie's still working out the math over there. No, no, he's on pace for 26 and a half I just, for this season. I yeah. just love watching him in the corners, just darting, shifting back and forth, back and forth, and that, that figure skating background that he had from Mike Botticelli, the former Olympian that coached him. Who <laughs> Connor, would, by the way, was hesitant to give me his phone number because he said he's crazy. He'll probably say some crazy things, and he did. <laughs> but I left most of them out. Oh, that's a shame. Well, that didn't really fit with the story. So That's for the behind-the-scenes story <laughs> at the end of the year on The Athletic. Um, he's he's their MVP, I think we talked about last week. Yeah, Christian we Dev- out this long, absolutely. Dvorak's got to be close, though. <sighs> yeah. Sure is. He would be my runner-up at this point, because we're going to vote, I'm sure, at the end of the season like we always do. And I would say uh, my vo- vote's probably going to go Garland, Dvorak. Still Kemper. I'd still have Kemper third, but I mean... Yes, 20-plus games. That's, that's tough. Yeah, absolutely, and I don't know when he's coming back now. No, at this point, yeah, we don't either. But There's they no timeline right now. That that's um, discouraging. Mm, I mean, they 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 said they got good news, and and that it wasn't a return to square one, and he's going to start practicing. But we'll see. I just I think the more concerning thing is to be five hours away from taking opening face off, and then have a setback that's not for one day. Yeah, it was concerning for me too, since I had eight hundred and fifty words written of a Darcy Kemper returns story. <laughs> <laughs> the real victim in this. Whole. Yeah, it really was. I mean, it was, it was about me. I was holed up in my hotel room writing that story, and then it was dead. Well, just save it for whenever he does come back. Maybe. And I use pieces of it. Don't change anything. Say he's coming back against Montreal back last date, week. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. Dateline is the same. This is odd. Um, what else are we going to talk about, guys? How about the trade deadline? Ooh. Jamie, it looked like he had something no. to say, so let's go to the trade deadline instead of hearing whatever. <laughs> who he excites you at the trade deadline of those names? On like, for instance, Craig Custin's big board. Who, who excites you um, for the Coyotes or just in general? In general, I mean, I I want to see where Chris Kreider goes. Sure, yeah, I want to see where Chris Kreider goes. I think JG Pajot is interesting because he has had some playoff success. He had eight goals in the last time he was in the postseason. So I know if I say piece. if I say anything bad about him, he's going to end up on the Penguins. So I'm not going to. Alec Martinez is interesting to me. Alec Martinez is interesting to me for the Coyotes. Well, there are a lot of teams, Carolina, Vegas, Toronto, Winnipeg, all yeah. inquiring about him. So he could end up a lot of places. But he's, uh, I mean, he's, he brings a lot. He's he's, mm-hmm. he's on a reasonable contract. He's got One more year, tons right? of playoff experience. He's versatile. Uh, that That's a really interesting piece to me. Didn't he score a really big goal in a Game 7 once? Hey. I just, I don't know. Just, just throwing stuff out there. Yeah, if you count banking it off someone... <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Did it count? I don't say, yeah, did it count? <laughs> what do you think of Sammy Votnin's game now? Um, it's fallen a little bit, hasn't he? Yeah, but I mean that yeah, happens when people but, go to New Jersey. Huh, yeah, it does, but, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. sometimes they you know have to go for wound care. Yeah, I, I think he's he's a really good consolation prize. Speaking of New Jersey, yes. and I'm very thankful that I have not gotten these tweets to my account. But are you still getting tweets to your account blaming Taylor Hall for the Coyotes? Not Whatever. Recently. Okay. Wait till they lose another game. Then, they'll be back. That I line. was very close to doing a worst fan takes. Story. I thought you were going to, and those died down. So they're that, still. That's what was spurring. Still it? the. Well, they're winning now, so it, you still hear the Rick Tockett system is the problem. Mm, okay. Those, you know, go. Ahead. I, I want 
I want the people who tweet that at me to dive into that and give me the analysis of it other than, oh, they did play dump and chase or they just played defensive after they get a lead. All your followers that's, are that's from, all I get. from that's South all I get. Jersey that's, or what? No. <laughs> Actually, I want to hear Jamie's like New York version of that. Of what, what was the... Uh... Jamie wasn't listening I, to I was you. busy thinking Let's... dreaming up Jesse Pooley RV trade scenarios here. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, we'll move on. Please. No, I want those Jesse Pooley RV trade But in terms of scenarios. other names, uh, I don't... I don't know that is Montreal going to move Kovalchuk? Not if they believe they can Probably win not, the cup this year <laughs> or next year. Mike Hoffman. Who's uh, the most delusional team in the NHL? Is it Montreal? Because Vancouver's at least in a playoff spot. Yeah, yeah, probably. And Vancouver also has Pedersen and Besser and Quinn Hughes. Montreal has. Uh, they have Jeff Petrie Joe for another that's, year. That's yep. true. <laughs> at least apparently. Uh, Mike Hoffman's interesting. Did you yeah. say him? Yeah, I did. Okay. Uh, sorry, I was too busy dreaming up Jamie's Jesse Pulley RV trade scenarios. Mm. Those are the main ones to me. Uh, Hoffman, I don't. A Kovalchuk isn't doing as much now. It seems to shockingly have just been a hot streak for him. Huh. B, I don't see Montreal trading him. And uh, hey, how about Andy Green? Oops, he's gone already. I, I would say the ones that interest me the most certainly are Kreider. Uh, Martinez is is one. Toffoli was until he got dealt, and and Hoffman. If Joe Thornton were to move, uh, well, yeah, he'd be at the top. Would he, would he be at the top? He'd be at the top of know, my like, my interest top. list. For the Coyotes, I think he'd be one. Yeah, I think it depends on where he goes. Like, if he's just go somewhere to be a third-line center and score a point every three games, whatever. Yeah. But that story is You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I like it. I mean, look, if his name, but the, you can get guys like that. Yeah, I'm just like, saying so, it's going to be a story if he ends up where if he ended up on Boston, well, that would be a huge yeah, story. But <laughs> that's because he's going to win a cup. That maybe. would be a huge story, yes, if he ended up back in Boston. Would it shock you? I can't imagine he'd go back there. Really? Yeah. I cut you he off got, before. I'm he sorry. He got carved pretty badly when he left there, like like most players like in Boston. Boston. Yeah, and anybody gets, that leaves yeah. a Boston sports yes, team. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Also, also, there are all, wonder, all like, sorts of problems with anybody who leaves Boston. Retroactively. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was going to wonder, did, how much did he think the Sharks were cup contenders this year? Like, was the decision, I just want to play another year in San Jose, or was it I want to play another year and win a cup? I mean, with how close they were, maybe maybe he thought. And I mean, th- you look around the West, and you're like, this yeah, bad, but the West isn't that good. So, but then Joe Pavelski left, and I yeah, you think they would have signed some sort of Joe Pack when Thornton came back? Like, I'm sure he came back was like, all right, let's do this, and then Pavelski's like, I'm out. Thornton's <laughs> nope. like, oh, good. Uh, Athanasiu interests me a little bit too with mm-hmm. Detroit, just because yeah. I think if he ended up on the right team, he's the sort of guy that he just like. The fact that you're the only person on the planet who can say his name correctly. Yeah, that's true. And who, they were playing against, uh, I forget who it was, somebody else with a bunch of A's in their name the other day. It was like Andrew Agazzoni or something against Andreas <laughs> Athanasiu. It was, it was just like every broadcaster's worst nightmare. Uh, Josh Manson, who's yeah. on this list. Yeah. I don't know that they're going to move him. Uh, it would probably take a huge deal to move him. But wow, uh, a physical right-handed, right-handed defense. Yeah. That would be the other thing the Coyotes would really love to have. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and he's not, you know, he's not a pylon. He's he can move. He can put up points. He he's got some offensive skills. So. Yeah, he's got some upside still. Yeah. Who was the guy on on Nashville a couple years ago? Remember they took out Chicago in the first round, which I swear is not why I'm bringing this up, but it's worth mentioning at least. Uh, was it Pontus? Yeah, Pontus Aberg. Yeah. Pontus Aberg. I, yeah, I could, had one good playoff series in his life. Yeah. Yeah, I could see Athens U joining a, a playoff team and just like taking over one series, or not taking over, but having like four goals in one series and sort of swinging it. And then maybe we don't hear much from him again. He's really fast. Mm-hmm. Also, you know who else is really fast is Matthew Barzal. Mm. Yes. I like watching him play, he's, too. He is fun. His uh, his numbers, he's one of those players. Look, we all know he's good. His numbers this year aren't amazing. Yeah. But you watch how much he impacts the game, and it's like, yeah. 
could use a player like that. What draft was he from? <laughs> yeah. Well, at least he wasn't available at three. Uh, uh, yeah, those are the main names. Did you come <laughs> up with, with anything for Poliarvi, Jamie? No, but that would be an interesting one because the Oilers for the next year. Yeah, if the Oilers are trying to, I mean, if they're trying to improve their team and you don't want to move a piece off your roster, but I don't know who's adding Poliarvi to the locker room right now. I was watching the Carolina-Edmonton game the other day, the end of it, and Carolina tied it, and Dave Tippett had that Dave Tippett face on the bench that like, his mouth just flips completely upside down. I was like, oh, I've seen this look before. But, Grinding uh, his teeth. Yes. Yes. And Sebastian Ajo had like a breakaway, was stopped, got tripped onto his stomach, still got a shot off. You forget how good Sebastian Ajo is until you actually watch Carolina. Uh, listener questions. Okay. Are we ready? I am. How I'm does not. Eldon always get his question at the top of the list? I don't know. You read them all. But I'm reading them in order. Are you? Eldon. Maybe he's, got, maybe he's got like a notification setting on the, the Natty Hattie account. Follow us on Twitter, by the way, at the Natty Hattie. That's true. You should follow us at the Natty Hattie, and you can send in your questions. Um, you can only eat one kind of food the rest of your life, Italian, Chinese, Mexican. What do you choose? And, and by the way, props for choosing the three choices that would be at the top of my list so this is a really hard question for chinese me. italian well i guess i have to choose mexican then just to be different okay although i, I think if i took those three out of my diet i would just starve <laughs> Chinese, right. same those those, those are <laughs> that, my like three breakfast favorite foods? types of cuisine i guess you get breakfast foods because I don't, I don't know what you do with i don't know what coffee and like an english muffin would be but no because i even get like mexican food breakfast burritos a lot of times so yeah there's so much good Mexican. Yeah, I can't it really is the best place in this city. I mean, I know what my favorite place is in the state, but that's down in Tucson. So, yeah. but there's so many great places. Uh, I've eaten there now, and it was really good. Yeah, I, I will give you credit. Not as Chinese chose kitchen, Italian yeah. Mora. I haven't been to Mora. Oh, yeah. Almost Mora. went to Mora. Should have gone so to Mora good. as it turned out so that good. night. Um, yeah, you're right. I don't know what else I eat. Yeah, it's tough. Chinese, but Chinese for sure for me. That's still I, I love all of that, but Chinese just has too. a special place in my heart. We need to go to Vegas for the award show and go to that Chinese food place that I've taken. Yes. Was it the, what was it called again? The, Joyful the, House. Joyful House. And it was like Vegas? Yeah. I yeah. took you there. You did? And, and you yeah. liked it even. We somehow found it. Yeah. We did. Uh, Justin, <laughs> finally listened to this and it was beyond entertaining Unlike your knowledge. license. Huh? Unlike your license. Mm, That's true. Wow. I did not have my license on that trip. For, you need a duck quack I was that. amazed we got through the, the award <laughs> show this year with no major like, calamities. Yeah, where are your yeah. ducks, Luke? That's um, a good question. They are I, all, I think there's a duck-related question coming they're up. They're all reunited. This, uh, yeah, go ahead. Justin tried to write in a compliment, and you guys just talked right over it. Finally listened to this, and it was beyond entertaining and knowledgeable. Some of the best in the business. Uh, that. Thank you. Dangle Snipe Billy. This show? Yes. Oh. Oh, well, I guess he didn't specify. Maybe he's just I think listening it, to some yeah, song. Like, like you've got to put a link to a show that it actually had professionals. <laughs> uh, Dangle Snipe Belly comes in with the three questions, as they always do. Well, I mean, Dangle Snipe and Belly. Yes. Well, I'm assuming it's three people sharing an account. Yeah, I would be. Would like you rather... those, like marriage Facebook accounts that are annoying? <laughs> would you rather... <laughs> Wait, is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. I have not seen yeah. that. Do you, do you have nine of those? Marriage yeah. Facebook accounts? <laughs> yes, oh. it's, like, it's like blank Obnoxious. and blank last Obnoxious. names. That's why I left uh, Facebook. Is it yeah. like a photo of the two of them? Yes, and it says too? blank and like ampersand uh, blank. Uh, this is basically an advertisement that we're eventually going to get divorced. And then like they sign off their like statuses uh, so you know who put it there. And their dignity. Well, yes. yeah, well, that happened a while ago. That's no. when you happen, opened okay. up a joint I'm Facebook account. I'm definitely opposed to marriage Facebook yeah. accounts. <laughs> right. Facebook so I need accounts. you to cut that off at I'm opposed to marriage and then send that off to his family. <laughs> dangle? Would you rather be Dangle Sniper Belly? I would not want to be Belly. I think I'd rather be Dangle. 
That would be Snipe. Okay. Well, your belly. Sorry, Craig. Uh, Least favorite part of your jobs fair. working Probably with Jamie. Huh? Probably fits. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I'll just keep. I, I, if I got nothing to say, I'm just going to avoid. How many nights a week is it acceptable show. to you have You haven't seen me belly dance. <laughs> I don't even want to know why Luke's called Dangle then. Well, I don't want to know why it's you're called It's a good thing there are no visuals on this podcast. <laughs> True. Dangle snipe and belly dance. Um, do you guys not have a least favorite part of your jobs? I, I, we weren't even listening to your question. We were least, thinking about It's not my question. Say something? Least favorite part of your jobs. Mine is working Transcribing with quotes. Ooh, Easily. Bad. Yeah, transcribing quotes is the worst. How many nights a week is it acceptable to have breakfast for dinner? Seven. Yes. Yes. Depends on what breakfast. And? Is there a third? Yeah. How many 20 goal scorers do the Coyotes end the season with? These are all really good questions. I will say... Three. Ooh, you think it's going to be three? Who's the third? So Garland, uh, Dvorak. Counting Taylor... Uh, no, he's not going to get there. I guess with the Coyotes. Yeah, okay. Well, Dvorak's going to get there. Yeah, he needs two. Everybody else, the next closest one is Soderberg at 14. Kessel, uh, Soderberg. Soderberg and Krause at 14. Both, Kessel, both a bit cool. So we're just saying Taylor Hall, not cumulative? Um, I mean, I'll allow it. Okay. He's only got eight goals this year, though. Well, then, then three. I don't know if Keller or Kessel or Soderberg are getting to 20. Okay. Um. But you're saying haul across, like, yeah, for, Yeah, for yeah okay. haul across yeah. for the, se- hall for the season. Goals, but Garland's yeah, already there. Still have to hit a hot streak. Of I guess six goals. I could see Hall getting. Yeah, I I'll, see I'll say Hall, Dvorak, and Garland. I'll say three. Okay. All right. That was a good question. Uh, I guess that was from Belly. <laughs> Coach East Jack, who's on your Mount Rushmore of sports journalism? Sports journalism. Ooh, Frank Defford, Curry, Kirkpatrick, Ralph Wiley, and Howard Cosell are on his. Sports journalism. Well, I'm too young for any of those names. Um, Frank DeFord is not on mine. Okay. I'm He's sorry. a flowery writer. Oh, well, flowery writer. He needed an editor badly. Oh, oh okay. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I had, I'd have to think about that. That's yeah. a tough question. That's a good question we should forget to answer next week, but yeah. it is a good question. Yeah. Give me one. Is there like one writer, broadcaster that you really <sighs> like? <sighs> I will say this. I admire Dave Pash for being able to do broadcasts with Dave Bill Pash Walton. Is really good. And Wolf, <laughs> Wolf is Wolf is very easy yeah. to work with. I've never worked with Walton. That would be tough to do a full game with Bill Walton because he just—that's like trying to corral kittens. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'd have to. Th- I yeah, really have to think have to about, think this about for a while. that. Yeah, I don't want to miss someone obvious. Or, I mean, I, I like. I mean, I, I'll just do a couple things I like. I like Kevin Harlan for yeah. TV. Okay, uh, Doris Burke on TV is great. I don't, I'm just not a huge basketball fan, but. Uh, Trying to think of who Jamie hates, so I can bring them up. Uh, Jack Edwards. You hate yeah. Jack Edwards. Or you like a lot Jack of Edwards? Do. No, I hate even Jack in the Edwards. industry, can't stand it. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure. I mean, I don't. Know if, I don't think he's a bad person. Hey, how about Bob McKenzie? I like Dark Bob McKenzie. Soon to be yeah. retiring. Yeah. 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 He's an institution. He really is. And a good man. Uh, so I'm, is Elliot. By the way, Elliot's a great. Guy. True. We should get all of them on the show for a we round should. table. Can you imagine all of them? Yeah, yeah, it'd be yeah. great. In studio, I'd like it. Yeah. Okay. Let's just imagine it, because it won't happen. Oh. Just an all-nonsense show, too. What if no we, news or information, just all-nonsense. What if we have actors play them? Would that be <laughs> legal? Or no? um, I'm a Raven Kaka. See, I put the whole name in there. Oh. Week, Jamie. What odds are you giving that Hayton plays in at least one of the back-to-back games against Dallas and St. Louis? Mm, do they lose the first game? Well, they're playing Dallas. So they're not going to change up their lineup if they're winning. It's yeah. just coaches are superstitious that way. Um... That back-to-back, I believe, is the last one until the end of March, isn't it? Yeah. So who plays the first game in goal? That's, That's my question. That's what I was saying. You can we'll be asking today, but... I would hope... Play, I'd play Ronta. You would in the first one. Yeah. yeah. With the hope that maybe somehow... I guess Kemper's not coming back for Thursday, so it Again, matter. you have to 
you have to, and this is getting back to our discussion earlier, you have to really think about load management and what his body has been able to handle. You better be careful. But is one day going to make a difference, do you think? Might. Well, I guess the bigger point with saying that they don't have another back-to-back after this until the end of March is, and there there are some stretches. They play three and four here, so. Yeah, they do. That's true. But are you going to play Hill for two of those? No. You're going to play Ronta for two of those, so it's, yeah, it's, I, I don't know. I'm curious what they're going to do here. Either My way, guess is they'll play Ronta nights. in the first one, but again, I don't think there's enough data here. I don't. I don't think there's enough attention being paid to this yet because we yeah. don't have all the data we need. But this 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 position is going to change dramatically in terms of management over the next ten years. I think the good news for them next week is they play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. Yeah, it's a great schedule. Like I said, after yeah. this week, their schedule is really favorable. Do you this and then Wednesday? So yeah, they have like three days. Yeah, so they have a few like days off. They do have some three, four days off. Give your goalies days games. off. Yeah, because how many shots and butterflies does a goalie do in practice? By the way, that's like a good 2000? point. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and I again not to do my classic cross sport reference, but this is things that talked about a lot with like relief pitchers of managers not paying attention to how many times they get up in the bullpen and how many mm-hmm. balls are throwing in the bullpen or getting up and then sitting them back down because the inning ended or they got out of the situation. Those all count, too. Just because you weren't in a game doesn't mm-hmm. mean that physical activity doesn't count against your body. Mm-hmm. And just something that, as we start to see the evolution of how this position is handled, something that's going to be interesting to look at. Especially with goalies, though, because it just doesn't get talked about enough. There's a difference. And I hear what you're saying, Jamie, especially when you're throwing. But, I mean, just the getting up and sitting back down it shouldn't wear out a pitcher well, as not much. getting up and sitting down. It's the, it's the bullet. It's, it's throwing and yeah. not throwing. It's getting hot and then cold, hot and cold. Now, I know it's a little bit different in hockey, but if you're, you're still having to attempt to make saves... Unless you're just standing in net and not doing anything, which, again, at that point, what's the point of even being in net? But that, that's what I'm saying. Like, at least with a pitcher, you're talking about during a game, right? Like, they feel like they might need them, so they get them warming up yeah. during a game. There's no reason for Auntie Ranta to be practicing that much here down the stretch. I completely agree. Yeah. Keep them sharp, but you're right. I and mean, if somebody shoots low, like, think about it. Is he going to be selective on which shots he stops in practice that's terrible that's a horrible habit to build so just instinctually he's going to be making saves that could cause an injury in practice or at least wear him down but when you approach these two games this week do you almost look and say st louis is the more beatable team and we save ranta for that that's That's crazy that's part of what i'm thinking because yeah they're not playing well right now and it gives him an extra day of rest, is my point. So you can go back to the every other day thing after getting him an extra day of rest. It, I don't know. I, because if you play him on the front end, it, you, can, you can say, okay, well, he's going to get two days off. But you have a travel day in there. And those are those yeah. are exhausting in and of themselves. So, And here's another thing, by the way, to think about with goalies. When you know a guy's not going to play one of the two games in a back-to-back on a road trip, why even fly him there? I agree completely with that. By the way, I but agree with that completely. Third goalie. Yeah, right. bring in a third. Comment. Absolutely. I think everybody should do that, honestly. So, so like, if you're not, he's not going to play in St. Louis, send him back to Arizona for the Lightning. Get, get ready to lose to the Lightning. Yeah, because, I mean, if he if you wait to play him against St. Louis, then his his schedule after that is travel day and then Tampa. Because he's have, he have to play him against Tampa. I'd send him right to St. Louis right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, yeah, if you're fly doing that, yeah, fly right into, yeah, fly into St. Louis. Just he has to film his day off in I mean, St. Louis. You can say, where he well, he's not with the team then, but okay, it, it's about Rather, wins and losses yeah. here. And I, I'm sure being as smart he, with management, you need to think uh, again. This is, this is a staff that likes to think outside the box. I I wonder about this sometimes. He can order some room service. I'm sure. Yeah, be, be I'm fun. sure he'd be okay. Be right. I'm sure he could figure out. I mean, at St. Louis, but like other than that, he's sure he could figure out something to do. What were his saves? Too many sit downs? Would you call them sitting downs? Sitting downs. Too many sitting downs. Yeah. 
Uh, Chris, do the Oats re-up Garland again in the offseason? He certainly deserves a long-term deal. Well, I, well, well he's, he's got one more year on his contract. Yeah. So and no. I always worry, you, if you don't have to sign somebody off of a career year and you can wait, don't. Yeah, I would I would wait. Nothing against Garland. Yeah. I you know, Garland's not one of those guys that's gonna be like, Oh, I got my money, I'm gonna be a little more complacent. I addressed this in the story I just wrote on him. As both his agent and Chica said there have been no talks at all about no. a contract and right. Connor's fine with it. He's like fine going into next season with nothing on that front. Sure, and look if he if he repeats the numbers, you're gonna have to pay more than you would have beforehand, but still it's I, I don't think this is one that you, you you're paying him as a twenty five plus goal scorer yet. If he does it again then you absolutely you, you're gonna have to because somebody will. But if if you were doing it now you'd be doing it just to be nice and you just can't you can't no and, and you have to leave you have to leave yourself some room for there's still a risk here there's still a risk that Connor Garland this is a great year and then the rest of his career is a 14 goal scorer Let like him you start have this to way see. next season that's fine yes if you want to sign him to an extension during the season next year great I would wait I, yeah. I don't see any rush and it's not like he's going to become a 40 goal scorer next year so I don't think you're, you're in a situation where or if we don't sign him now there's no way we can afford him yeah and for the record I agree with you guys but I absolutely think he will do this again next year I mean you've talked to him his his stance every single time is I'm just trying to stay in the league and I don't think that changes if he sure, gets paid but, th- but things can change you guys guys can get hurt players can be added to this team and push him down the lineup I mean there are only so many top six spots and I know right now it seems like it's unfathomable to play him outside the top six but we'll see what happens in the offseason well, I mean Barrett Hayton playing start of the year he was supposed to be a fourth liner that was so so I mean like when is Barrett Hayton playing? when is well, Barrett Hayton I hope hopefully by next season I mean, he is Christian Dvorak looks great between those two guys right now but Christian Dvorak to me is ideal as a number two center this is where he looks like he's trending and that will allow you, if you want to still play Nick Schmaltz in the middle and get sort of the play driving, you know, his his strength is through the neutral zone, right? Yeah. If you could play him as your third line center yeah. and Barrett can take over that number one spot, that's a good situation. They're not expecting Hayton to do that next year, though, are they? I don't know. Dvorak, by the way, what is it, seven goals in his last 12 games? He's been really good. Eight in his last uh, 13. I mean, he's... You don't think about the goals necessarily with him. You think about the 200-foot game and the face-offs. Deceptive and, shot. He's yeah. got a deceptive shot. Everybody talks about it, how it's hard to read off his blade. And then you can't even tell he scored because he doesn't celebrate. It looks like he just got his <laughs> right. tax return or something. <laughs> right. And it wasn't good. Um, whose question is this? It's a good question. Now I'm I lost writing the down name. that line for my story. <laughs> Los Coyotes Steve. Is there a level of production in these last 20 or so games where Kessel could salvage his season in the eyes of Coyotes fans? Well, I guess Coyotes fans will have to answer that. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yes, I would. Is it you expect question. from him? <laughs> yes, I would imagine. Look, if he gets hot and this team rolls in the postseason, that, if Phil Kessel goes over twenty goals, I think people will be pretty happy, wouldn't yeah. they? Because that means seven goals over the uh, final twenty games. Yeah, and look, these are the biggest games, right? If he yep. if he starts to turn it on now, as opposed to the first mm-hmm. twenty games of the season, this is what people are going to remember. He's got four points in his last six games. I still think he looks shaky at times on, on the most routine plays that you know he can make. Yeah. But he is getting better shots on goal. And he, look, four points in his last six games is something. If he nice produces that, that line point. doing something, right? Mm-hmm. All yeah. three of those guys on one line doing something. They've had, as Rick Tockett noted last night, their their last two games, probably their best games. I love that Tockett just put them all together. Like, yes. you three are not producing, so you figure it figure out. It out. <laughs> yep. Um, you guys like to golf together, so I'm going to let you play hockey together, too. <laughs> uh, another one. Which Coyotes roster player has progressed the most this season i have garland as team mvp but i think chikrin may already be our top blue liner dvorak's taking a step forward there's a point in time where schmaltz was ahead of them all i would say chikrin has progressed the most yeah probably you can throw lawson kraus in there too yeah Yeah, that's actually my vote i think lawson kraus 
Austin Krause has been really good. Just solid everywhere. It's it's one of those two, right? I mean, Garland did exactly this last year, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Dvorak has progressed, but not. Mm-hmm. not the Chikrin was shaky at the start Dvorak of the year. Dvorak was hurt. So it's, you know, it was hard to judge where he was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Adam, assuming Kemper's out through the end of February at this point, what are the chances the Coyotes make the playoffs? And when he gets back, do they have any chance in the playoffs with only one stretch of back-to-back wins since the beginning of December, which he then amended because they picked up back-to-back wins yesterday. But um, if Ronta plays like this, yep. this is what they envisioned, right? Mm-hmm. And we have another question here. We're running out of time, so I'll just throw it in there, too. I don't remember who it was, and I'm sorry. But it was essentially, if Ronta keeps playing like this, do you ha- does that change your approach to bringing Kemper back? No. I mean, when Kemper's ready, he comes back. But when, when Kemper comes back, then you go back to the plan you had at the start mm-hmm. of the season. Yeah, and that's this is what they were envisioning, is Ronta playing <laughs> yes, like this. Yes. yes, Ronta playing like this and Kemper also being healthy. You know, It's been crazy to watch this team's goaltending the last few years. Yes. You just haven't been able to count on the plan. The, the plan always goes awry, but when they finally get him back, yeah, this this is what they wanted. This you, You'll play the hot guy. Kemper is probably going to play a little bit more than Ronta because Ronta can't handle the same workload that Kemper has shown to well, I don't even know if Darcy Kemper's proven that, right? No, he but he's a, been better when he, they both been good. Kemper's good, been better when he's played this year. Kemper played like twenty nine straight games last yeah. year, though. Yeah. yeah, it was like twenty two, wasn't it? I don't know. I'll it was, look. It was twenty something. Yeah. yeah, I think it was twenty two. But uh, I'll take the over on twenty two. He, uh, he that was the first time he'd done that, right? Well, that's the first played, time anybody's done that. I feel and, like. Well, but that, that that stretch of games that he played from the new year on, which is the same thing that Auntie Ranta did the season before, then he comes back this season. Did he break down because of it? Again, go back to all this data that's out that's not out there yet on goalies. Yeah. Can he handle this consistently? You know, like Jordan Bennington, is it the same thing? Yeah. He had an incredible run when he came up late, but can he keep doing that? Are are guys' bodies made to do well, that? Well, consistently you see it happen all the time. Position? Look at look at Toronto. Look what happened last year with Freddie Anderson, yeah. where they just if you never put in a backup goaltender, they just wear down. Yeah. And I don't think that's unreasonable to think about. I just feel like teams just go, I don't know why that's such an afterthought of teams. Like, oh, I get the, the sense of we don't want to put in a goalie we think is a set, puts us at a disadvantage. But you have to think long term, and it's not going to matter. That game that you won in the, the second game of a back-to-back in December when your goaltender is tired in April and you don't want a playoff series because of it. I think there's a sense, too, and this is probably going away, but the stubbornness of, yeah, I'm paying this guy, he's my starting goalie, he should be able to play this many well, games. That's, yeah, that, but, there's an old-school mentality, too, that you, know, you, you, you want that guy who wants to play every game. Which goaltender is ever going to be honest with you when you ask that question? You want to go again tonight? Yeah, I want to play again tonight. Yeah. That you know what? We can't trust the you, players on that. Yeah, you can't. You cannot. Absolutely, cannot trust the players. How you feel? No, I, I can fight through it. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's an admirable quality, but it's, you have to. But you, that's why you have people in charge to make these decisions. Exactly, and you need to look at data. You need yes. to. It, you need to take all of these other things into account. Now, mind you, if you if you're genuinely examining the guy's body and looking at all this other data and saying. Yeah, he looks good. Then okay, but don't go. Don't go on. Yeah, I want to play the next game. Well, That's probably yes. not a good <laughs> yes. recipe for These success. These guys aren't doctors because every guy's going to say that. Yeah. Again, going back to the cross sport thing. How many pitchers when you go to the mound and take them out of the game and they're like, "Oh, okay, can you go another inning?" They're like, "No, nah, I'm good. I'm I, I'm ready yeah. to take a seat on the bench." I want to watch. Them. <laughs> I have a really good right. seat. I want to watch this game. Yeah, like that's why you have to make the decision based on the information you have, and the information you have is telling you that goalies are breaking down, not only injury wise but performance wise, at an incredible pace right now. Yeah. Something is wrong. 
part of the problem, too, with that, and you, I, I think you're right, and, and most of the people who are studying this are saying you're right, but we don't have data that goes back far enough to yeah. show us what injuries look like before. Like, I had a couple people that I asked on the trip saying, oh, I think I think goalies are probably not having as many injuries. But then when I talk to the people that are really looking at the data, they're like, no, that is just demonstrably wrong. <laughs> but there are people in the game who think, oh, yeah, we're healthier. I Come on, I, I guys! Don't see it. Use I see what's a lot at of your disposal. Yes. yes, and why? Because of the style. It's the butterfly style. Yes, your body is not made to do that. I had someone tell me one one of the people that I interviewed saying, "It is probably the most unnatural motion in sports, except for the pitch." Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Think about it. Well, We're not butterflies. Think about the stress it puts on your hips. Yes, I, pushing I w- back and forth. It's crazy. I wonder if there was a slow mo version. Like they always do the slow mo of the pitcher, and you could see where the elbow was located, and you can everyone that's watching goes, "Oh yeah, that doesn't look right." If, you, if, if your we had kid that wants for to be a pitcher, show that to your kid. Like he if they showed it, they did like like an NBC like exclusive special where there wasn't like a game and they were showing this. I think people would have a better understanding of how just freakish. Of, of an athletic move that it is, but yeah. it's unnatural at some point. Some guys make it look too. so yeah. smooth, but it's not. It's not easy, it's, no. and it's not It's not normal for the body you to do that. almost sounded like Robert De Niro right there, oh. just for a second. <laughs> it's not easy. I can't do it, De Niro. Okay. Uh, but the pad, I think all the goalie padding, you sort of lose sight of the fact that they are bent in a way they shouldn't bend yeah. half the time because you just see the pads. Carl. Unless you guys had more on that. I feel like that was a good conversation. It was. Okay, well, Carl's going to ruin it right now. Mm-hmm. Did Luke enjoy watching his hero Tom Wilson in person on Saturday night? I did not. Uh, most underreported story of the NHL season so far, I'd personally argue it's Edmonton special teams or Dallas in general. Boring but effective. Uh, yeah, Dallas is boring but effective. Yeah. Yes, boring stories don't tend to get reported heavily. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I mean, it will in the playoffs. It's funny how that works. If, yeah. they, <laughs> if they go deep in the playoffs. I've heard a lot about Edmonton special teams, actually. But maybe that's just because I'm on the inside. Oh, wow. Ooh. Inside. Well, I mean, just in journalism, right? Oh, I read yeah. it. So like uh, Daniel Nugent Bowman, our writer up there, who's been on this show, by the way, yes, has written a lot about of the show. this season. Excellent. Did you guys enjoy watching Tom Wilson here in the Valley uh, over the weekend? Yeah. He's doing Tom Wilson things out there. He always does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, Playing right on the edge. This is the one part of it oh, I enjoyed, right. was everybody who thought that I exaggerate. Watching that. No, he's the dirtiest player in the league. I, and I know he finished second in the athletics player poll to Brad Marchand, but I think he's the dirtiest player in the league. Brad Marchand just runs his mouth so much. I think Marchand's like more annoying. Did you see that yeah. sequence, the cross-check, the back-to-back cross-checks? Yeah. How he cross-checked yeah. someone, then he got hammered. Yes. Just hammered. His helmet flew off. I'm well aware. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think that was one of Tom Wilson's worst games, honestly. I thought that was some no, of his best no, behavior. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's a Tom Wilson game. I get it. I get why Capitals fans like him, but let's not just be realistic for what the player he's he is. Dirty. I don't have. A, I will. I don't want to be a hypocrite here. If he was on my team, I would like some of the stuff he does, but I would never defend the trash he does. And with him, it's fifty percent of his game. And look, there's a difference between being a pest and being dangerous, and that line gets crossed by Tom Wilson too often. How many players are going to have head issues after their career specifically because of Tom Wilson? You could make a list probably of a dozen if you sat here and thought about it. So. I, I get that. I mean, he's on the top line there for a reason. He does a lot of he does a lot of good, but he has these dirty hits. And I'm not saying he had any on Saturday. He did. He, he crossed the line, borderline a couple times, but yeah. nothing. Not like there's there's dirty like hey that's a penalty, and then there's dirty like you might enter some in, end somebody's career. He didn't have any of that on Saturday. I just if I was a Capitals fan, I would appreciate what he brings to the team half the time, but I would not defend the trash. And I'm surprised so many of them do. Coyote in Philly. I'm in Minneapolis, St. Paul on Sunday. So you're not in Philly. What's the best food around here that won't break the bank? Well, you got to go to Tom Reed's Hockey City Pub. Oh, wow. That was definitive and quick. That's it? Might be. 
Yeah. Chris, where is Pierre the Fanatic Hockey Snowman now that his bid for president failed? It's a great question because he's not running this year. Nope. Uh, I, I believe he is looking for a new home in the East Valley. Um. <laughs> Are you his real estate agent? Or oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Like, um, very specific. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> Ozzy, consider the need, the Coyotes' need for a number one center and elite scorer. If given the opportunity to choose one of the following, would you rather have a Selkie or a Rocket Richard player? Uh, Rocket Richard. Rocket Richard. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are a couple fan bases, you know. Washington, Edmonton, whatever, they already have the Rocket Richard guy that might go Selkie, but in Arizona, I'll take, give me the guy that's going to put up oh, 50 goals. Man. We haven't had a goal scorer here in so long, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Redeem Verbata's 35 goal season back in 2011 12. Well, you know, that was, that was even that, but he, you don't think of Redeem Verbata as a, a sniper. He, no. was, he was gifted at finding spaces. And they had guys to get him the puck. Look what they did when they had a 35 goal scorer. They yeah, went to the Western Conference, Conference Final. Final. Yes, I just I want to watch a goal scorer. I want to watch that kind of elite player, either that or a number one center. I just watching or Man. seeing Garland get 20 yesterday. So we're looking to see when the last guy was. They had 20. It was Keller two years ago at 23, yeah. and before that it was Verbata. It was Verbata exactly. Yes. And then it Who was Doan. 20. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's crazy. these guys it's kind small. of have been out of the league for a little bit. It's and been a minute. 30. <laughs> 30, 30 doesn't happen very often. That has to here. be 2012, right? Verbata. Yeah. Wow. And by the way, there's a legit chance this year. I mean, I, I think Schmaltz gets there, but there's a legit chance there's not a 50-point score on this team yeah. by the season's end. Like, yeah. He's the only one on pace for more than 50. Yeah, because they cooled off. Yeah. I mean, again, Taylor Hall, cumulative. Cumulative, but I mean... But yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah. Schmaltz really cooled off. Um, I have to... We have to wrap this up, but I want to get these three real quick. Are there sick kids coming in again? No. I can take them. Cole... <laughs> Okay. I'm just not even going to let Jamie talk because I feel like it's bad for our brand. Is it possible for a journalist to cover an afternoon game and not use the word matinee? You can see my response on Twitter. I, I did, but you can read it. This is absolutely not. Yeah, it's true. Um, after seeing that question in the middle of the Coyotes game yesterday and I had not said matinee, I, I did it. I yeah. made it the whole game, but I'm not necessarily a journalist. Cheryl, I made a it? duck. Did you see that? I'm That's looking. outstanding. Yes. It I acts- think that photo should be, when you tweet the, the show today, that should photo should put be put the included. photo in there. Okay. Yeah. I made a duck. It accidentally ended up being in Harvard colors. Therefore, I have named him Johnny for John Marino. He is the strong, silent type. I like him. <laughs> Love it. He's, Love he's it. An outstanding. Cheryl, guy. just one one thing to tell you: don't send it to Luke. Yeah, he'll. Uh, he we, he we can't be no trusted. He'll, he'll be fine. He'll be fine, like all the other ducks we never see. He leaves him in the car. I brought one fine. last week. They're you were home. in Ottawa. They're at home. Mm-hmm. Sure, they are. Luke. He's already got a name too. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, so what's the deal with Kemp's? Also, it seems like Hall has been fighting it the last several games. Thoughts. Well, we kind of went through the Kemper stuff. Yeah. Well, the Hall's line has a, a at least a point in 13 in the last 15 games. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, last night they had three points because two of them assisted on the Garland goal. I, that line's fine. Yeah. I, I mean, Taylor Hall may be trying to do too much. That's possible. He, yeah. But he's still producing. Yep. He wants to be in the playoffs so badly. And he's, you can he, tell by talking yeah, to him. Yeah. Um, he gives very detailed answers, well, too. He's, I he's know we've talked about that One before. of the best quotes. He's so good. Um, but, yeah, you can just – I know people wonder, like, oh, is he really going to resign here? I, I Honestly, the more they play and the more I end up talking to him or seeing him interviewed, I think it it's not 100% one way or the other, but I think making the playoffs determines, like, 75% of whether or not he's here next year. Yeah, I think it plays a big role. Also, shout-out to Brad Richardson for playing his 800th game last night. Yeah. And for – Cutting me off in the drive-out line out of the arena, which was very on-brand for him. That's, 
It's fine because he had to do the first intermission interview with us after he had just skated like a minute and a half and couldn't stand. And they still made him do the interview. He was like, really? But he was still him. good, wasn't he? He was still good, He's but he couldn't good. breathe. He's breathe. always and, good. Uh, Biz definitely called me out for pulling off the one guy on the ice who couldn't breathe after his <laughs> most important shift. All right, that's going to do it for us. For Jamie Eisner, for Craig Morgan, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hattrick Podcast. That's officially pouring out for the shark season. Bye, Carlson.